0: everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute.
1: The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time.
0: I'm your co-host, Erin.
1: I'm your co-host, James. And it's minute six, which I have
0: beginning with, what was I to do? How was I to proceed? And going through, Preston has just said, I can't believe he broke up with her. And that kind of smooths into the transition to
1: Mike's friends. Right, right.
0: So the last spoken line is Preston's, but the minute doesn't end on a line.
1: Right, right, exactly. I have that as well. That's where I have an cool. ending, too. Good. Glad we both have it ending in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you remember, uh, last week I said that I wasn't going to talk about the woman who plays the teacher unless we saw her face. Right. And we do see her face.
0: We sure do. And you know what's funny is I didn't realize that it was the woman who played Jan in Greece. but knowing that before we see her face, yeah, because you had mentioned it last yeah. week, I absolutely see it. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's
1: very <laughs> obvious. <laughs> before we get any further into the plot, uh, let me just tell you a little bit about Jamie Donnelly, who plays the teacher. Okay. Her top three, Jan in Greece, most famously. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played a character named Mrs. Cody in the... Um, the Johnny Depp, Whitey Bulger, uh, movie about like this mob guy named Whitey Bulger, um, called Black Mass. And she played a pastor in a movie called Cyrus. Okay. She also was in the original Rocky Horror show, uh, both at the Roxy in Los Angeles and on Broadway with Tim Curry, where she originated the roles of Trixie and Magenta.
0: Oh, okay. Who's Trixie. I think
1: that she's the other
0: who is the In the movie the other chick's name is Columbia.
1: I wonder But maybe
0: it was Trixie maybe it's Trixie on stage.
1: Maybe it's Trixie on stage. Or maybe Trixie was another character. It does is it is, is Columbia and Magenta played by the same actress, usually? No. Okay. Maybe there was another character that whatever. So anyway, she origin she was in the original Rocky Horror show before it was even a picture show. Wow, okay. And then uh, the her biography on IMDb ends, it should surprise no one that Jamie's blood type is, honest to God, B positive, uh, which is a cheesy way to end a bio, but it does mean that she and I have the same blood type. So that's a fun piece of trivia. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Why would that surprise no one?
1: Oh, because she's just, just because has, she's a... Yeah, she's just a as chipper person? and... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. She just, yeah, she basically has had a life full of like... Let's put on a show. Well, that was successful, like, sort of stuff. Like, oh, she took, like, 20 years off to, like, I think she basically did some screenwriting, and, like, she, like, raised her kids, and then this was her first um, movie back from, like, since 1978, which is actually a theme of this movie, uh, people coming back into the game to make this movie, which is interesting.
0: Huh. I wish they hadn't ended her bio with... That. It felt very
1: cutesy and weird.
0: (laughs) I don't like it. No.
1: So that is the woman that plays the teacher that suggests...
0: That someone should take Amanda on a tour of the school.
1: Yes. And Preston is about to volunteer. He claims to have hesitated. I feel like he let her finish her thought and then raised his hand like a civilized human being. But... yeah. He is sniped by Mike Dexter. Yep. I decided that we were going to meet him later. Um,
0: yeah, because we don't actually meet him. Right. However... Any we, more than we've met Amanda. <laughs> correct.
1: We do see that his football number is 24. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I looked up famous uh, sports players who have had the number 24. And there was a whole, there was a a top 100 on Ranker.com, which I think is one that's like, if you think this person is a good athlete, hit the upvote, and if not, hit the downvote. I think that's how they ranked them, so I'm not sure how much, like, editing was involved in this list, but here's the top five. Um, Number five was Moses Malone, who was a basketball player that I've never heard of. Okay. Um, Number four is Ricky Henderson, who in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, broke... A stolen base record that uh, I don't know that, that has been ever broken again. Um, okay. Number three is Ken Griffey Jr. Um, okay. Hey,
0: I know that name. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, number two is Willie Mays, who... I
0: know that name, too. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. And then um, number one is Kobe Bryant, who, ignoring personal life stuff, is also a very good athlete and also RIP.
0: Yes. I but. also know that name. Hey, you know what? I'm, you know, I shouldn't be surprised that I knew three of the top five or know the name yeah. of three of the top five athletes with that number. But yeah, you know, athletes is a very, very broad thing. And I don't know a lot of athlete names. Yeah. Like if they, to be honest, I kind of feel like if they haven't starred in a movie with Bugs Bunny and some cartoon aliens, I probably can't tell you what their name is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But it yeah. turns
0: out I can.
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? Hold on one second. I just thought of one one other thing. The football jer- jersey numbers uh, actually mean something about their position. Um, so we can actually tell something about what position. I think one of the reasons why there aren't famous... Okay, so uh, the, in the top five, you noticed there were two basketball players and three baseball players. So there, there yeah. weren't... I, I didn't look to see how far down the first football player was. But we can tell... That well, in pro football at least, and I think that generally high schools tend to to mimic this. The numbers twenty through forty nine are for running backs and defensive backs. So uh, wait, those are wait really? Yeah,
0: Mike Dexter
1: is not. He's a quarterback, right? Yeah. Wait, yeah, aren't so aren't
0: running backs and defensive backs typically like big dudes?
1: Defensive backs are running backs are usually uh, small and and fast. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, but I I guess what this means is he's because he is confirmed as a quarterback. I think I in his bio later that maybe they.
0: I don't think it's. I had that it's. Li- I have him listed as varsity football, but yeah. it didn't specify a position.
1: So maybe, maybe. I mean, so either I always thought he was a, a quarterback. I assume so as well. That's the stereotypical position for a man with his role in this movie would be a quarterback. And physical build. And physical build. Like he's not a huge dude. Exactly. Yeah. But if the uh, Huntington High football team follows the professional football numbering system, he is either a running back or a defensive back.
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay.
1: That is something. So, yeah. Then I have, uh, as Amanda and Mike Dexter leave the room, I have the Pop-Tart and his hopes and dreams fall to the floor.
0: Yes. Very dramatically.
1: Yes. Like, yeah, really (laughs) dramatically.
0: Yeah. It was actually kind of a lovely shot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The uh, the camera work was very good. It does say something about Amanda. Like, (laughs) she... Uh, when she pulled the pop tart out of her out of her bag in minute five, it looked like it had already been chewed on a little bit. Okay. But then she was she so quickly left to go on a tour with Mike Dexter that she literally left her breakfast precariously poised on the edge of her desk. Yeah. What?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm confused Take about how she you. didn't manage to finish a pop tart in the car, like. Right. Oh, actually, can we talk about Pop-Tarts again real quick? Let's, yes. Because I told you, but our listeners haven't heard, that I went to the store on a quest for strawberry Pop-Tarts the other day. And they only had unfrosted strawberry Pop-Tarts. So Mm. I was not going to do that because gross. So I got blueberry and I got raspberry. And I have since eaten both. I've never had a raspberry Pop-Tart, and it's been a long time since I've had a blueberry. But I tried both of them toasted in the toaster, which is the far superior way to eat a Pop-Tart. Like, I had forgotten how much better they are toasted than Mm. straight out of the box. But Mm -hmm. I was surprised to learn that I vastly prefer blueberry to raspberry.
1: Interesting.
0: Normally, I am all about raspberry. But for whatever reason, in Pop-Tart form, raspberry just wasn't as good as blueberry.
1: Um... I also partook of some uh, breakfast pastries, pastries, the very same kind that Preston was enjoying right at that moment. When my wife went to the store, she found strawberry Pop-Tarts in the 12-pack that I absolutely, I believe the term is housed. (laughs) She went shopping, like, uh, recently, and they're gone. (laughs) So, yeah. Now, now I will say uh, the Pop-Tarts wiki, which exists, says that it they have released in 1983 question mark. So it may be that blueberry uh, Pop-Tarts have like 16 years of lead time on perfection compared yeah. to the raspberry. So maybe that's maybe that's what's going on. Maybe in 16 years the raspberry will finally catch up to what the blueberry tastes like now. That's possible. Mm. Yeah,
0: the raspberry was good. It was just kind of generically berryish, mm. not specifically raspberry. Right. Um the way like I feel like raspberry tends to be kind of an overpowering in a good way to me, flavor. Yeah. Whereas like strawberry uh, Pop-Tarts kind of feel generically berry-ish. Mm-hmm. The raspberry felt generically berry-ish, but not in a way that satisfied my desire for a strawberry Pop-Tart. Fair. But the blueberry was definitely blueberry.
1: I I do like a toasted Pop-Tart, but I will say that all 12 of those strawberry Pop-Tarts were eaten uh, straight out of the package because I'm uh, impatient and ridiculous. So I agree with you. However, (laughs) the majority of my consumption of Pop-Tarts does not involve a heating of any kind other than my fervor in opening the package.
0: (laughs) I do, I do like the s'mores ones mm. straight out of the package. Um, but I think the crust on those is like a graham cracker yeah. crust and regular Pop-Tarts, it's a different crust. And I I think for me personally, just having it toasted makes it a little less dry or something.
1: It sort of melts the, in the filling a little bit. And so it yeah. makes it moist and, and, and therefore, yeah, it less, it makes the, uh, it also, I think burns off some of the like flour powder on the on the underside of the pop tart and you get rid of the crumbs that are associated with it um too so it it comes out a different meal than you put it it would be if you just opened it so i agree yeah
0: i bet our listeners didn't know that they were gonna get a second episode (laughs) largely about pop tarts
1: (laughs) so then uh the pop tart uh, takes us back to the present Yes, Where Preston finishes telling Denise a story she's already heard. Multiple times. W- multiple times. times. Uh, <laughs> so then he basically says, well, I mean, he's, he indicates he's excited to get another chance at the party tonight. Mm-hmm. What is? She, I don't remember what the exact line is. Do you, do you have the line there?
0: Yeah. So he says, I had a clear shot and I hesitated, but fate's finally giving me a second chance. And she says... Well, have fun tonight and be sure to tell everyone how much I'll miss them. <laughs> <laughs> the transcript doesn't say who is saying the lines. Right. Which is a pain.
1: Fortunately, the their voices the voices I feel like in this movie, at least right now, are are clear enough that we can that we can tell. Yes. And the motivations and all that yes. stuff. But uh Yeah. So then he basically was like, You're not coming to the party? I can't believe you're not coming to the party. And then it does that thing that I love slash hate where it cuts to a new scene and he has convinced her like <laughs> like yeah convincing has happened in between scenes and then they're going to the party yeah, like
0: as they're walking to the car he has convinced yeah. her because we see them in the car and she's like I can't believe I'm going
1: to this party." Right. so it's all and it's also several hours later too so um
0: oh is I, it it's, oh it's, yeah I guess it was it's darker.
1: darker yeah it's it's like dusk. Yeah. In summer, so I figure it's probably 9 o'clock or so. Okay. So, yeah. And that is all I have for Minute 6.
0: Let me see if I have anything else. I do not. So, I think that is it for today. Yeah. Cool. Do you want to do social media? I would love
1: to. Uh, We are on Twitter as a podcast at je underscore minute movies. Or you can find us individually on Twitter. I am at unabashed james.
0: And I'm unabashedly Aaron.
1: Um, You can find our network that we're on, that we're always really happy to be on, and for their continued support and allowance of us doing (laughs) these podcasts. Uh, (laughs) That is the Scavengers Network, and you can find them on Twitter at ScavengersNet, or as my good friend Aaron likes to say, at large on the internet at scavengersnetwork.com. So. That's it for the first minute of this week. We are going to meet some people, Aaron.
0: Yes, I know. Oh, I'm just <laughs> There are and and you know what? A surprising number of them don't actually have names. No, they a don't. A thing I learned looking at IMDb trying to figure out who a specific person was.
1: Yeah. Nope, they sure don't. So that'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. So do you want to wrap this up and then uh, go record minute seven?
0: I can't hardly wait. (laughs) The Scavengers
1: Network. Creator-driven.
0: Community-focused.
1: Treasured content.